if you're a small business owner, you probably aren't even still listening to this because you turned it off and like started making phone calls right away. But if you are still listening to this, um, this is a no-brainer to dive deeper into. You are listening to Advise with Rick Lucini. Today's discussion is on an underutilized and not so well-known tax planning opportunity for PA residents. This is something that everybody should be aware of, but is especially a big value add for our small business owners. I'm excited to have our guest, Tammy Clark, here in the office and uh, to help shed some light on this little hidden gem. Tammy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Why don't you give us your 20-second elevator pitch and, and tell us who you are? I am Tammy Clark. I am the executive director of the Central Pennsylvania Scholarship Fund, which is located in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Um, we were founded by Randy Tarpey, who is a CPA, also in Tyrone. And we are a 501c3 um, charitable organization that's registered with the state. And we provide educational improvement tax credits for individuals, small business owners, and C corporations um, in order to have them get a tax credit for donations to private school education, pre-K through 12th grade, all across the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And that is the um, EITC, Correct. Educational Improvement Tax Credit. Yes. We okay. have two different EITCs in Pennsylvania. Yes. But we are the Educational Improvement Tax Credit, not, the earned not your, child, your yeah. child tax credit. Right. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> we're talking about the Educational Improvement Tax Credit. Yes. Um, tell us what that is sure. and why we should care about it. Well, the Educational Improvement Tax Credit is a way for the donor, the taxpayer, to redirect their taxes from going to Harrisburg to a tuition-based school of their choice in their local area. Um, we do support pre-K through 12th grade. So Bishop Guilfoyle in our local area, Holy Trinity, St. Matthews, um, and Tyrone. So any of those local schools, as well as pre-K organizations like Tipton Baptist or Mount Laurel Academy and Laurel right. Academy in Bellwood. Um, the bonus for the taxpayer is they receive a 90% state tax credit for that donation. Okay. So if they donate $10,000, they receive a $9,000 credit for that on their state taxes. And then the additional, if they do itemize on their taxes, the additional 10% can be used as a federal charitable donation deduction. Let's unpack that a little bit. Yes. Okay. So let's slow down. <laughs> um, I, I owe the state of Pennsylvania five thousand dollars okay and at this point in the conversation it doesn't matter if i am a w-2 employee small business owner whatever correct okay i owe the state of pennsylvania five thousand dollars and instead of giving them that five thousand dollars i give it to you and say i love what Tipton Baptist is doing. Mm -hmm. Love those guys. Like they're great. I want that money to go there. Right. You handle everything and I get a tax credit for 90% of that. Correct. So $4,500. So $4,500 in a scenario where I don't want to pay the state anything. Um, can I give you $5,500, 110%, let's say, Right now, my 90%. I want to get I want to get too mathy here, but like the <laughs> my 90% actually is 100% of what is my, your full liability of what my full liability is. Correct. So I gave that extra money instead of that extra money going to the state. I gave it to the school of my choice, uh, 
you know, Bishop Guilford or whatever. Correct. Okay. Now, how is that different for a business owner? Because that, I think, is something that really is a huge value add. Sure. Well, as a business owner, particularly a pass-through entity owner, obviously everything's going to go onto your social security number. Mm -hmm. However, you have a business account that you can write your checks out of, your owner's draws. So if you, as a business owner, write the check on your behalf, so if your business writes the check personally, for you personally, on your behalf, you can use that as 100% charitable donation deduction for your business side, not your personal side. They still receive the, you for, receive the 90% credit, but your business gets to use 100% of it as a charitable donation deduction. On the federal side. On the federal side. And that right. is a big distinction. Correct. So on the state side, I'm getting a credit. Correct. And on the federal side, I'm getting a deduction. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Correct. So in that same example, I'm now a small business owner and I give you 110% of my tax liability, which is $5,500. Okay, I get a 90% deduction or no, credit, credit, I'm sorry, credit. from the state, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, follow with me here. <laughs> and Lots that means I owe the state of Pennsylvania $0. Correct. I did a good thing Correct. for one of these schools. They know about it, by the way. Correct. If you're somebody that likes a pat on the back, put your name on it, they'll they'll send you a card, whatever. Um, but on the federal side now, I get to take that $5,500 as a charitable deduction, mm-hmm. which more than makes up for the extra $500 that I paid. Correct. And that's where the big hidden gem is. For a particularly small business owner. For a particularly for small business owners, Correct. because what's happening now is um, if I'm in a 10% if my federal bracket or effective rate, I should say, is 10%, I'm breaking even. So I did a good thing. I got to direct my dollars and keep them local so they don't go to Philadelphia to fix a bridge. They go to you know, the school of my choice locally. In addition to that, um, I don't pay that extra. I net out zero on that extra 10%. Because I saved that on my federal taxes. But most small business owners probably are paying higher than 10% on the federal side. So in those instances, I'm actually to the good. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I'm going to give you, in that example, I'm going to give you $5,500. Give the state of Pennsylvania zero because I got my tax credit from them. Correct. I take that $5,500, deduct it from my federal side. Excuse me. And on a, just going to pull up my calculator so I don't misspeak here. Let's say I take a $5,500 deduction on the federal side. If I'm in a 20% effective rate, I just saved $1,100 on my federal taxes. I'm actually to the good tax-wise. Correct. And um, some of our small business owners are probably laughing because they pay much higher than that. But you can do <laughs> your own math. And obviously, right. if it was 10000 like do the math. Yeah. It's just on the percentage side. Um, so this is a no-brainer for small businesses. Why aren't people doing it? It's one of those programs that it is too good to be true type programs. Um, you always hear about the too good to be true type programs. Um, and it, it does seem like that. 
if you you're telling me that I'm going to write you a fifty five hundred dollar check, yeah, you know, and you're gonna get a ninety percent of that money back, yeah, right, okay, sure. In, in that example, I just said, I mean, when it's all said and done, sixty one hundred dollars. Yes, back, exactly. Right? So of course, people are like, no way, no yeah. way. And also, there's one downside to the program. If you're a W two employee, yeah, and you're waiting for that refund because you double paid, I double pay, I yeah. double pay my taxes. Yeah, they take forever. They're still processing refunds. Um, they normally don't start until July 1st. Right. So that is another deterrent from people who need the money <clears throat> to redo their So if I'm a right, so let let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. I'm a W-2 employee. My employer is withholding Correct. the 3.6 percent or whatever it is. I then have to go write you that check. Correct. For four grand or whatever I owe. Yes. In addition to what my employer withheld. And then I wait for the state to pay me back. Correct. That 90%. The 90%. Correct. Whereas if I'm a business owner, and I simply just don't pay my quarterlies. Correct. Because I know I'm writing you the check. So again, everyone needs to pay attention to this mm-hmm. and you know, talk to Tammy or your accountant about your specific situation. But it's a real big win for the small businesses. It really, really is. Because it's so much easier. Like I'm writing the check anyways. I just write it to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not double paying because I just withhold my quarterlies. But again, uh, if you are a W-2 employee and this is of interest to you, talk to your accountant, work it out, um, talk to Tammy, she can consult on how it applies to you, what the time frame is, all that stuff. If you're a small business owner, you better be listening by now because yeah. you all those things she just discussed don't really apply to you. No. You're not, you're just, uh, you're just changing your quarterlies. Yes. And, and I don't want to get too into the weeds about it, but when do I write you that? When do I write you that check? I'm a small business owner. I owe I owe five thousand bucks to the state of Pennsylvania. I did not pay my quarterlies, knowing that I was going to do this. When do I write that check to you? Sometime in October or November, pretty consistently okay, every so, year. So, so as a small business owner, think about this too. This is not the reason to do it, but an additional benefit that a W-2 employee doesn't get. I have that money in my business account whether it's earning interest or whether it's leveraged to do something else for a prorated amount of 11 months longer mm-hmm. than had I paid the state of Pennsylvania my quarterly taxes. Also, correct. I have working capital longer. Yes. Um, <laughs> right? It, it Am I missing sense. something no, here? You're not. Yeah, I mean No, it, you're not. It is it is a very simple program and we have two different rounds and I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty of the rounds, sure. but my small business owners, their favorite round is my spring round because okay. y'all do your taxes in, you know, by March 15th normally, yeah. um, unless you get an extension, but a lot of my business owners get their stuff done between March 15th and April 15th. And so they know what their taxes are for the current year. Like they have their estimates in their hand. Yeah. So they know that $7,500 is what they have to pay beginning in April. And, you know, so they're like, Tam, I have 7,500 for you. Yeah. What can we get me in? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then if they get it, if they want to write their check right now, I get them in my spring round. If they want to wait until October, then they get, they wait until October. But like you said, it's planned. 
they already know they're not stressing about making those quarterly payments. They're not stressed about, yeah. you know, are we going to have this money for here? Because they were already planning on paying it. Yeah. And, and it, it just goes back to um, interest, loans, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I mean, when you think about everybody getting excited about their tax return, mm-hmm. um, I'm not excited if, <laughs> if people are getting tax returns because you just gave the government an interest-free loan. In this yes. instance, it's actually the opposite. Instead of me having to pay my quarterlies, I get to keep that money in mm-hmm. my account, do something different with it, even if it's just look at it every day. Yep. Right? Exactly. And and then pay that liability at the end, know that I did a good thing and then also get to deduct it on the federal side. Okay. So I have a couple scenarios for you that I don't know the answer to, Okay. (laughs) but I'm trying to think, I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Trying to think of who this, who who else this could really benefit, who should be like perking up right now. Sure. Okay. Small business owner, anybody with a liability, small business owner, state of Pennsylvania, this is it. Yes. W2 employee. Still fantastic. Still fantastic. Got to wait a little bit longer. Okay. Now, what if we combine those two things? Okay. I, um, my, let's, let's just say my wife is a high wage earner W2 employee. Okay. Mm -hmm. She's creating the bulk of the tax liability. Sure. And I have a whatever Etsy shop or I'm an Uber driver or something like, okay. It doesn't matter if it's like whatever. Right. I have this, I technically have a small small business. Correct. Yeah. But, but my, the high wage earning spouse is creating the the bulk of the tax liability. Mm -hmm. But because we file jointly, Mm -hmm. I know that we can make the deduction and get the credit on the state. But can I take that whole liability against our federal taxes because one of us has a, a sole prop or a LLC or something like that? That would probably be a best, better discussion for an accountant. Okay. I don't want to give any tax advice <laughs> on it. Um, in theory, yes. In theory. It would be, but if you can't do something like extraordinarily over what your liability is. So if she, you know what I mean? Like- it would be the same as if you donate to the state. If your liability is five thousand dollars, you don't want to donate ten. Right, but if you know, my and deduction. But, but, but if my uh, if my household income yes is high yes, but the actual business is low, the liability is ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Are you writing the check from the business account? Well, we would have to to make that work. Yep, then that. Right. Then that's how it Oh, there's your answer. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting too. I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that's a lot of people's situation. The husband's at work, the wife has a Etsy shop or Mm -hmm. daycare on the side or whatever, vice versa. There's no gender rules there, but that isn't something to not go and do based off of this conversation, but, but ask your accountant to dive into that a little bit deeper because there's an opportunity there where you're not thinking, well, some people don't even think of that as a small business. Oh, like it's just their side gig or something, but on your taxes, it technically is. And if you, uh, plan ahead and structure things the right way. And like you said, sometimes it's as simple as writing the check out of the right account. Mm -hmm. 
It could save you money. Yes. If not, at least allow you to be empowered to direct your money to where you want it to go. Absolutely. Um, so I have another question for you, which I don't know the answer to. Because <laughs> uh, knowing you were coming on, I looked some of this stuff up. Uh-oh. You guys do the private school scholarship side of this. Correct. But there is another side. Correct. Which is, um, I have my notes here, educational improvement organization for public Correct. schools. There, it's public schools, but it's also more community centers and things like that. So, yes, it is public school foundation. All these driven. same things, the tax credit, the mm-hmm. all the stuff we just talked about, mm-hmm. but instead of me pledging my money to one of the private schools, I can have it go to Tyrone or something else. In theory, correct. Okay. Correct. Unfortunately, we don't do that. You don't do it, but in short, how does someone do it if that's of interest to them? They have to find an organization that has those types of credits. Unfortunately, the the EIO block is very small. Yeah. Like, there's four different types of credits. They're all letters. Everything is letters. Yeah. PKSO, which is pre-K. SO, which is scholarship organization, which is every student that financially qualifies in any pri- private school qualifies for those dollars. And then OSTC, which is opportunity scholarship tax credits. And those are for schools that are kind of um, underperforming schools. Okay. So if your public school is an underperforming school, Johnstown schools, for example, if those public schools are underperforming, those students that go to private schools have accessibility to different kind of funding yeah. um, to support them going to private okay. schools of their choice. So we do those three, PKSO, SO, and OSTC, because they're all scholarship based. Okay. EIO is a very small bucket. Okay. Educational improvement. Why do you think that is? It, because this was built as a private school institution type program. Right. To be honest, I don't even know when the EIO branch came a part of it. Somebody desperately wanted public schools because public school already receives state funding. Right. So they, this was more for, and I think they built it more for community centers, libraries, things like that. But public school foundations are definitely in, involved okay. in it. Okay. Um, so my kids go, my kids go to Tyrone. Mm-hmm. That's not hypothetical. They actually go to Tyrone. <laughs> we love it. It's a yes. great school. Um, I wanted to participate in this, but I want the dollars to go to Tyrone. I have to find a organization like yours Correct. that participates in the alphabet yeah, yeah. soup of yep. whatever the hell <laughs> Yeah. Right. Exactly. I just asked some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. The <laughs> yeah. amount of letters involved. But in this that, that's the process. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. So uh, let's go a different direction for sure. a second. <laughs> we talked about the tax planning monetary side. Mm-hmm. Why does somebody want to do this? How does it affect the, the schools, the kids? Um, what, what's the end result or what's the, what's the goal here? And then you don't have to list them all, but what are some of the, I know you already did a little bit, but what are some of the local schools that you, that participate with you guys, um, that might get somebody thinking like, Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like you said, Tipton Baptist, by the way, I've never, I never considered them as a private like my kids went there for for pre-k and um 
until you said that, it didn't even click for me. Yep. Pre-Ks so, are probably the smallest bucket that people don't think of. They don't. So, you know, what are some of the ones around here that people should be thinking about or that are, are a little bit more popular? And what happens to my dollar? What's it used for and what's the impact in the community? Sure. Well, we work with, I'm, I'm going to forget some of the schools because yeah, we work it, with about 650 across the state. Okay, don't list them all. I'm not. Um, I wouldn't be able to. And I, <laughs> I know just give I'd me a couple of locals to, to jog some people's memory. Well, we definitely have um, St. Matthew's and Tyrone, um, the, the new tip, uh, Tyrone Christian Academy. Right. Tyrone. Great. Um, we work with Bishop Guilfoyle and Holy Trinity in Altoona, Bishop McCourt in Johnstown, um, Learning Lamp in Bedford. Um, kind of saint, um, and then every saint you can think of <laughs> right. around here. Right. Um, so St. Pat's in, um, in Bedford. And so we kind of work with a little bit of everybody, but my, my, I also, my kiddos go to Bellwood okay. um, and they've been in Bellwood and they went to Laurel Academy in Bellwood. So pre-K is kind of where I like to go. Yeah. Um, I like, that's where my dollars are supported. They okay. support Laurel Academy because pre-Ks are kind of the ones people don't think about, Sure. but people that want to donate to Tyrone school district, I push them to the pre-Ks because while we can't give to the school district, those pre-K dollars will assist the kiddos at St. Matthew's who may eventually go, go to, to the Tyrone school district. Okay. Um, things like that. I know <clears throat> what my kids learned yep. at Laurel Academy and they were ready when they went to kindergarten. Yeah. So pre-Ks are extraordinarily important. So what's so that dollar do? That dollar goes strictly to scholarships, okay. strictly to tuition assistance. Okay. So um, it could, a five, a $5,500 donation could cover tuition for two full kids okay. for a year. I mean, a pre-K, that's probably three kids yeah. for a whole year. Sure. Um, and it opens the budget for schools who give in-house scholarships. Yeah. They no longer have to give those in-house scholarships because they're receiving those EITC tax. So credits. even the even the non-scholarship kids like like my kid isn't going to get the scholarship but indirectly is still going to benefit from it because that school spending more money on other things. Correct. Because they're not using their own money to give the in-house scholarships. Correct. So who's who's eligible for the in-house scholarships and like who's getting these scholarships and why? Well, believe it or not, um, the financial bracket to receive a scholarship is high. Um, so a household earning of, I believe it's like 121,000 a year um, okay. with one kid. So for private school, for private school. So any, wow. any and that goes up, that, that goes, goes up, up every year. Well, it goes up every kid too. Yeah, it does. It goes up $18,000 per kid. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, so you have a, so three. a family with three yeah family with three kids, uh, household income is what less than one hundred and sixty thousand yeah. give or take. Roughly yes. Um, I would still be eligible to receive a scholarship to receive a scholarship. Mm-hmm. The, okay. Yep. And so how do they go about do it? Because I think that might surprise. It, oh, it definitely if, surprises if I, me. You know, yeah. that might surprise some people listening that, um already have their kids in private school yes. and are making less than that. Uh, but they don't how, think that they would qualify. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Oh, you yeah, know, so, not. so how do you, how do they go about qualifying or applying? I should say. Well, def- We all work directly with the schools. So the okay. funding comes into me. So you as a donor decide you're going to donate to this private school. Yeah. 
We do not take any unallocated donations. None. Everybody has to tell me where their money goes. Okay. Because we are on strict rules just for us. 100% of our money that comes in has to go out. We don't take a fee at all. So your $5,500 donation comes to me and goes to the school. I don't keep a penny of it. Got it. Um, So what they do is they contact their school. A lot of schools around here work with either fax or simple tuition solutions. Um, It's basically just an online application that you fill out. Okay. Has your income. You upload your W-2. Done. That's taken care of. Pre-K organizations, they fill out scholarship applications and they send them to me with the first two pages of their tax return. Goes on your gross. Um, your gross income is the number that we base, you know, your qualifications on. And then I do the qualifying. Like I say, yes, this family's qualified. I get the list of the pre-K. Now, You're the gatekeeper. I am. However, <laughs> I do not determine how much a kiddo earns in scholarships. I do not. That is all in the school. I do not want that responsibility. Mainly the school decides the that. The school decides that. Let's go over a few key points here. Mm-hmm. Because at the beginning, and that's just the way I work. I start doing the math side of it. Um, yep. So in the interest of not confusing anybody, if you are anyone in the in, in state of Pennsylvania that has a... PA tax liability at or over $3,500, right? That's your minimum. That's your minimum, minimum. though. That's That's not the minimum. That is not the minimum. We do have one of the lowest in the state, but that is our minimum. Okay. So $3,500 tax bill regularly, which probably makes your household income somewhere in the low hundred thousands. Is that fair? Yeah, it's like right right around 110. Okay. So if that sounds like you, take the next step. And either talk to somebody like Tammy or your accountant and get more detail to decide how it affects your specific situation. You might be walking around thinking, well, I make 110, but your taxes don't look like you make 110 and your your liability is only you know, $1,500 or something. So, so do some more digging. Um, if you're a small business owner, you probably aren't even still listening to this <laughs> because you turned it off. And like started making phone calls right away. But if you are still listening to this, um, this is a no brainer Mm -hmm. to dive deeper into. Talk to your accountant, talk to Tammy, talk to somebody about how it applies to your specific situation. And it's really important to take that next step to do it right. Correct. Right? Correct. Do it right. Because we're talking about uh, federal deductions. Mm Mm-hmm. And although it is not complicated, Mm -hmm. if you do it incorrectly, you're not going to get those deductions, right? And so we, you need to know what you're doing and you need to document what you're doing. Tammy can help you that with that. Your accountant should be able to help you with that. Um, 90% tax credit Mm -hmm. from the state which means although you don't have to, likely you should, I don't want to say should because we're not giving tax advice, but likely you will be interested in donating 110% of your tax liability so that the school gets more money. You as the small business owner then likely recoup at least that extra 10% or more as a federal deduction on the other side of the bracket. Correct. And if that sounds like you, start making some phone calls. 
I mean, seriously, Absolutely. it's, it's a no brainer. Um, what do I, if that sounds like me and I'm still listening to this thing, sure. what, what do I do? Do I call my accountant? Do I call you? Um, what's the next step in getting started? Definitely call your accountant. Okay. Put your, put your accountant on the radar in this area, in our area. A lot of accountants know this program. Okay. Um, a lot of accountants know Randy Tarby. Um, yeah. So they're going to know this program and they're going to either say, yes, you absolutely, this is. This but if is I'm hearing this do. for the first time. Yes. My accountant didn't bring it to my attention. They did not. So. They did not. Okay. So but I not necessarily because they don't like the program, but just because maybe they didn't know that you were such a huge supporter of Bishop Guilfoyle or yeah. something like that, that that would be something that maybe would be interesting Maybe they think I like you. federal income tax. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> how hard is it to apply, donate? Like what's, what's the steps? Like I talk to my account, we sit down everybody's on board. We're all happy. We're going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. How do I actually execute it? Get a hold of me. Okay. Get a hold of me. Call me at CPSF. I will email you a joinder, which I brought with me. I don't know what that is. This is a joinder. Okay. It is a simple one page piece. of. Let's paper. call that an application. Yep. Application. Perfect. <laughs> um, I use it. I call it a reservation. Okay. However, and this is why, because I don't get a check when I get this back. All I want is this back. I put you in a queue because as of right now, I don't have any credits for you, but I will. Yes. But when you get to the end of, so if you're like a, a late comer, yes. you, you might not be able to do it is Correct. what you're saying because Correct. you only, there's only so many of these tax credits to go around Absolutely. and the people and, that know about it are jumping on it early. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we do have a wait list. Um, obviously we have people that but are I feel that, I feel that form out. Yep. I give it back to you. Yep. Then what? Then you wait. Right. You just sit and wait for me. And then sometime October, November timeframe, you'll get a either letter in the mail from me or you'll get a letter emailed to you. And that is your check request. And it simply states, here is proof that I have credits for you. Pay me. And you get a copy of <laughs> you get a copy of the letter I get from the state yeah. saying here's credits for you. Here's where you're going. Your money's going to. Here's where you write your check. Now, this is just one of my LLCs. We have 58 different LLCs that we manage. They all have really strange names. Um, so you might be donating to, let's say Tipton Baptist. Mm -hmm. We do not have an LLC that's called Tipton Baptist yeah, LLC, I understand. Yeah. but you might write your check to your Christian school association of greater Harrisburg. Right. To my understanding, the reason why is that you guys are using those LLCs to pool the funds Correct. and pass it through so that it meets the state's requirements. Correct. Correct. And each LLC is limited to a little bit more than $2 million per LLC. Yeah. So we, have it we're almost an 80 million dollar charity at this point yeah it doesn't Obviously, it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter to me as the donor Correct. how you're making the sausage you're doing you're actually doing that so that i don't have to Correct. do all these complicated things to make my donation eligible Correct. you're doing it for me Correct. i fill out a one pager i wait to hear back from you mm -hmm. you tell me yeah we're good make the check out to this yep and for this much, yep. I write you a check. You mail it to me. I get my K1, mm -hmm. give it to my accountant. You're we're done. You're done. We're done. You're done. It's it's easy. Yep. And then um, you just hear from me every year until you tell me not to. Now, they, everybody will, if they Google this program, yeah. there's going to be some things on that Google search that are, very, that are not quite the same as what CPSF does. To um, your commitment. 
two year commitment. The first thing that I noticed. Yes, we do not require a two year commitment. I will tell you it's a lifetime commitment. You won't hear from me until you tell me you're not going to hear from me anymore. Um, Because it only makes sense. Once you're in, if you have the liability, sure. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit the school. Just do it. Yeah. It just makes sense. Um, but for but but it, it is an important distinction that that is not a requirement. Correct. Um, because you will read that online, yeah. and the reason why that is important to me, as a small business owner, is I might have the liability this year, and I might not next year, or I might not meet your minimum next year. Correct. For a whole host of reasons, yeah. we you know invested back in the business, we had a net loss, we hired employees, whatever the thing is, I might have a big liability this year and a very small one next year. And a lot of uh, my small business owners are are shaking their head right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you, by you guys taking that two year commitment off the table is less scary, I think, to, to, for a small business to step into the pool. And is that because that two-year commitment still exists, but it's for your Correct. LLC. For our LLCs. Correct. Right. Not me as the individual. Yes. And that's another way that you're taking some of those restrictions or paperwork off the table for the end user. Correct. Well, and we, the LLCs make the two-year commitment and I turn people away every year. Right. We always turn donors away. It's never that we turn dollars back in. Never. Yeah. We have never, ever done that. We always just turn people away. So you have more donors than you do credits. Correct. right? Correct. And that's important if you're listening to this because don't drag, your, <laughs> don't drag your feet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Got I'm never going to, if Got you it. don't get into it this year, I'm never going to just kick you out and never contact you again. Right. And you hear from me every year. So that's I, important. That's yeah. important to know that too, because a lot of people, if they come in and they get turned away because all the credits are gone. I think I think the initial reaction for some folks would be like, well, all the big businesses are getting the bubble, you know, yeah. woe is me, and they never come back. And yep. you're saying, no, 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 we're going to put you right at the top of the list yep. so you definitely get it next year. Absolutely. And these other folks are going to have to come in behind you. Correct. Yeah, that's Absolutely. great. So um, what are some of the other things, the two-year, I brought that one up because it's something that I noticed and wanted to ask you about, but what are some of the other things that people might read online that don't necessarily apply to what you're doing? Well, the two-year thing, obviously, um, which I love, we also, you can change your donation amount every single year. Um, increase, decrease, as long as you're over my 3,500 and under my hundred thousand dollar max. Um, we do okay. have a max of a hundred thousand dollars just mainly because we want as many people as possible to be yeah. able to participate. In so if you have a hundred, if you have more than a hundred thousand <laughs> dollar state tax bill, yeah. call me yeah. <laughs> and then call Tammy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got and it. And I have other organizations that I work with that yeah. I would take a hundred thousand of it. And then I would help you find another organization yeah. that could help you with the rest. Yeah. Um, that is my limitation. Probably not the majority of our listeners. Cor- no. Okay. Correct. What um, are some of the other, um, the fact that we do not take a fee, um, that is extraordinarily okay. unique for okay. a scholarship organization. Um, and because people are like, mm, yeah, right. Like how do they have staff of, you know, for full time and two yeah. part time. Yeah. How do you, uh, we run on bank interest. We run on the float. Uh, essentially. So okay. uh, you write your check in October, yeah. the schools get to take it in February. That gives me a three month float for yeah. the check to be deposited. I get interest for three months and that's how we pay and my you're salary. You're keeping the Delta on, on yep. those dollars. Yep. And we partner with 
several <clears throat> local banks. That's interesting. Um, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, a couple not so local banks that really fought for us. Um, I manage a lot of banks' EITC tax credits, which is wonderful. Um, so that's kind of got us in that. So that's probably the two biggest distinctions from my organization to other organizations is the no to your commitment and the no fee from the school for the yeah. schools. Um, so the dollar, if I give you one dollar, one dollar goes to the school, not 90 cents, not 85 cents to pay for the administration and your salary and the building that you're in and all that other stuff. Correct. That's that's important distinction yes. too. Yeah. That's, and it, it's huge. And it does make a big difference. I, that is why we work with 650 schools. Right. Because we are yeah. a very unique organization in that yeah. in that right that we we don't do that. Um, almost all of our employees are women. Um, okay. Randy is the only employee <laughs> as our president that is a man. Okay. Um, and he is part time. But the CFO is a woman. The executive director is a woman. And my other three employees are women. Okay. Um, so we're a woman run, which I think is really interesting. It is. Um, I think Randy really trusted me when he brought me on board as a kind of a freshly, um, you know, graduated college adult because I went to college so late when I finally got my degree. Um, and he really trusted me with bringing this to the forefront. It was yeah. $2 million when we, when I started in 2016 and, it and is now what we're now? almost at 80 million. Wow. It's a wow. pretty cool thing. Press the applause <laughs> button in the background. We'll have yeah. a little applause for that. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's yeah. huge. And yeah. Because we're a small organization, um, that also is is huge because you talk to a human yeah. when you call me. So or is that, did you say 80 million? 80. Is that a year? Yeah. Okay. And it increases every year. So that 80 million, I have two questions on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's how you... This is not a question, but it's just <laughs> I'm doing the math in my head. Uh, that's how you survive on the float. Correct. Um, and that's... Genius, by the way, because it allows you to keep 100% of those dollars going where they ought go. Um, but still, I, sorry to say, nonprofits need good people and good people need paid. So, like, you still need money. Yes. Right. It's not a volunteer program is different than a nonprofit organization is a full time job. Uh, so that was a genius structure there. Um, but the question is, do you get to go to the state every year and say, I turned away eleven million dollars. I need more. And they're it's they're going to take credits from somebody that turned back in two million or is it just a schedule where everybody gets a certain percentage increase or is it based on volume? Like you get rewarded for more volume. It's a lottery, um, ironically. So we do apply. Um, so May 15th, all of the, the LLCs that have had credits, we reapply for all of those credits so we can guarantee to receive those credits again. And then July 1st, or roughly. But how do you there. go from 2 million to 80 million? How did you get the credits, I guess, functionally is, Lottery. We won them in this lottery. So yes. Leave it to the state. Yeah. Um, all of, most of our LLCs, we had taken over management from other organizations right. that no longer wanted to or could no longer support the mission with that LLC. We created 10 knowing. So on July 1st, we applied for credits for every one of those I see. 10. Okay. And we just hope yeah, for the best. I see. So so the the lottery aspect is for the LLC, 
So the more LLCs you create, the more credits you have the ability to get as Correct. long as you can fund them. Okay. Correct. And by the way, none of that matters. That's just my <laughs> own curiosity. The whole point is that your organization has taken all that complexity, has taken the regulation and the LLC filing and all that stuff away from the W-2 employee and the small business owner and turned it into a one-page application and a check. And that I, I think that's the important distinction here. I'm asking some of the more technical questions because of my own curiosity, um, but that doesn't actually affect the listener. The listener just needs to know that they um, meet the minimum requirement, yep. talk to their accountant. Their accountant says, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Let's get a hold of Tammy. Tammy gives me the one-pager. She gets back and says, cut me a check. Done. Yep. Okay. Um, if somebody is interested in moving forward with this, mm -hmm. how do they get a hold of you or learn more? Sure. Um, they can call me. Uh, the number is 814-942-4406. Um, myself or Kimberly uh, Dean, they will be the ones that answer okay. the phone. They can get a hold of them that way, or they can email me. Um, my website is PennsylvaniaEITC.org. The email's on there, or um, it's my first name, T-A-M-I, at cpsfcharity.org. Um, get in touch with me that way. I can send you a joinder agreement. Um, the one thing that I did think of, another thing that you could Google, and you'll see, is it's going to tell you that you have to either work for a for-profit or own a for-profit business yeah. um, in the state of Pennsylvania to qualify. Um, that's not necessarily the case anymore. A few years back, we discovered that nonprofit employees and retirees can also participate in the program if they have the tax liability, um, as long as they own one share of stock in any business that operates in the state of Pennsylvania. So personally, I own AMC, Stock and AMC, the movie theaters, mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that I qualify because I'm single and I work for a nonprofit. So right. you could, I had to have that one share of stock. Probably not the smartest stock that you could buy, <laughs> but... That's what I did is I bought that share of stock. And so operates in the state of Pennsylvania. Operates. So that could be Starbucks. That could be Pepsi, anybody, Pepsi anybody. anything, pretty yeah. much anybody that if you drive on the corner and you see a Dunkin' Donuts, you can have a share of stock in Dunkin' Donuts. So okay. any, it just has to operate. So it doesn't have to be housed. So my retirees can pass that test just Correct. by owning one share of, of stock Correct. that has a. And a lot of people that use Vanguard have it. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. Right. I, I can own that. I can pass that test through a through a mutual fund or mm -hmm. ETF. Mm -hmm. OK, well, yep, so usually. I everybody. just downloaded the Robinhood app for myself just to kind of prove that this is how simple it was. Ten yeah. minutes later, I qualified myself. You, you, right. <laughs> you right. But, but if you're sitting at home and you have a portfolio yes. that maybe doesn't have individual stocks, but has ETFs, mm -hmm. if you own, well, I mean, one of them is going to have it, but let's just say you own uh, the S&P 500. That's going to have more than one stock in it that one of those companies operates in the state of Pennsylvania, passes the test. So now that just opened you up to this availability. So retirees are now available and nonprofit employees are now available. Yeah. So everyone. Everyone. Essentially Every, everyone. Everyone that has a liability essentially okay. in the state. I love it. Um, thanks for coming by. Well, and me. I, I mean, this is it. something that apparently a lot of people do know about at 80 million, but but I think there's a lot more that don't. Correct. And again, Particularly um, in our local area. everybody, my W-2s, retirees, 
But if you're a small business owner, ask your accountant. Everybody's situation is different. Neither of us give tax advice. Um, but tax planning is important, and this is a big opportunity. Thanks again, Danny. Thanks,